Hi everyone and welcome to Worth the Calories, a Great British Bake Off podcast. I'm Matthew. And I'm Catherine. Uh, very sorry that we missed last week's the quarterfinal. Uh, we had birthday celebrations, we had work things going on. So you and I spent about five minutes near the, even near the studio, not even in the studio together. So what we should do, we could set up a uh, portable studio in the car. So when we're driving, um, driving <laughs> yeah, on late night way. Friday yeah. nights up to visit my family in the north of the country, we could record as we drove. We should. We could just get the phone out and start recording. We should. The, the, the sound quality might not be amazing. <laughs> not be amazing. <laughs> especially, especially when we're going over that bit of the M25 oh. where it just goes, ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. <laughs> And you have to remember it in case you're abducted so that you can... Yeah, that's, you, you that's the only, the the only bit of the country I would know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm on that awful bit of the A20, M25 after the A3. <laughs> um... I mean, it's a five-hour drive there and a five-hour drive back. We could record a lot of podcasts. It's true. It's anyway, true. anyway, we were going to do a very brief recap and mention before getting into this week's, and this is taking up all the time with a brief mention. We had a couple of messages, which, again, we're very sorry Yay. we missed the recording. Um, so Ooh. thank you very much to Catherine, a listener, Catherine. Hooray! Good uh, name. Who I'm assuming is okay with me giving out. That's why I'm only giving out one name. Well, there are know. there are more than one or two Catherines in the world. There were four in my sixth year class alone. So <laughs> it is clearly a great and popular it's name. A good yes. name. It's a great name. Catherine the Great. Exactly. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Thank you for giving me the joke. <laughs> Catherine asked a couple of questions, uh-huh. so I'm going to pose the questions to you. The first okay. is as a, uh, Catherine is a non-British uh, listener, and Catherine asked what the words stodgy and claggy mean. Oh. Well, I would say stodgy and claggy are for two different circumstances. Okay. Stodgy is where instead of something being crispy or light, it is quite sort of dense and chewy and, well, maybe not chewy, but quite dense and quite hard work to get through when you're eating it would be my description. Would you agree? Would you describe it differently? The dictionary says uh, heavy filling and high in carbohydrates. Okay. So, so particularly for a baking program, it, it is absolutely right because you talk about it when you are having something that's thick and it makes me think of suet. Makes and, me think of school dinner puddings. Yeah, exactly. Those yeah. sort of very, you know, things that have been stirred and overworked and just really yeah. heavy when you eat them. Yeah, yeah. So yes, that that is a good description of stodgy. Yeah. Claggy. So I, I think claggy has a, a broader range of use cases. Yeah. So I wouldn't just use it in baking. But for me, something that's claggy is a bit sticky and moist. Okay. But I, I'd love to know what the dictionary thinks it means. No, no, I, I think you're right. For, for me, it, it talks to mouthfeel. Yes. Effect, effectively. It's about how when you're eating it and it's... I, I would describe something high in peanut butter as possibly being claggy. Yeah. when you That eat- sort of... When you eat it and you go, yeah. the dictionary definition is tending to form clots or sticky. So it talks about claggy mud. Yes. But yeah, again, something with a very thick source might be. Yeah. And, and I don't think they're necessarily part of the same taxonomy. Mm. You wouldn't say that something, all things are stodgy, some things can be claggy, something yeah. along those. These are, like you say, for two different things. If I was painting the walls and I'd got down to the bottom of the tin and it dried out a bit and gone a bit gunky. I'd say the paint's gone claggy. It's a very, very elaborate <laughs> picture of it. But yes, thank you very much. <laughs> the other question we were asked was from a couple of weeks ago. Um, well, the other question on that first message sorry, that we were asked was, 
from a couple of weeks ago whether the technical challenge, the caramel and chocolate covered biscuit, uh, is is a Twix in the UK or not. Absolutely it is. Other biscuits exist, but Twixes are highly recommended. Nom, nom, nom. Although we pronounce it Twix. So. Oh, we do not. <laughs> <laughs> Behave. They're, they're, and, and they didn't lean into this here at all, but there, there has been an ongoing advertising campaign that's been quite good about left or right Twix fingers because they come as two fingers in a pack, which they do in, in the US as well. Um and whether you prefer the right or the left one. And I, I quite enjoy things like <laughs> nice, that. That, nice. that appeals to me as advertising goes. Nice. Twix is good on their own, not good with ice cream, because the caramel goes really hard. They're not so enjoyable. I don't know, so I've tried it with ice cream. Maybe mm. this is an experiment I should um, undertake. Yes, I think I've had them put in ice cream before, okay. and that bit of caramel goes really, like... Yeah, because they had better British. dunked in tea. Exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. The So, Catherine then sends another message. Yeah. Because of an event on the next episode. So I think this is uh, bringing us in. It was free from week. Yep. And we gave out on social media a very brief thing that it's great. We love it when people are doing well, when it's difficult to choose between people. We love that Lizzie had a great week. Yeah. Although everyone had a great week. So, you know, really hard to choose there's, between There's them. nowhere to hide when you're in a room of good bakers. Um, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, that's a topic that's going to come up again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but that is exactly what we want from the Bake Off. We want to see... And, and all of these sorts of challenge reality TV shows, it, yeah. when everyone does well, it's much better. Yeah, I don't want to see someone lose. I want to see them win less. Does that work? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but you know... I no, don't in, in, a, in a running race, <laughs> yes. you don't talk about the person who came eighth as the no. loser necessarily no. you talk about the winners and you want exactly. it to be these people did really well and it's just the the nature of it that one person gets knocked out every week yeah which we could we could do a whole extra show on whether the setup for the competitions is right or not but fine yeah in the middle of this jürgen tried to turn his vegan sausage rolls and dropped the tray and some of them dropped on the floor yeah i think i think they all dropped on the floor but somewhat on top of others yes so he gathered them up and stuck them back in to, to continue cooking and Catherine asked the very sensible question. In fact, a number of, uh, of questions, but effectively, should it be allowed? Is there a rule against it? Should there be a rule against it? And should there be a penalty system for people not taking good care of their bakes? Yeah. So am I in Am I in an establishment that's selling things? Am I in my own kitchen or am I in the bake-off tent? Because I might have three different answers. <laughs> I think let's stick to the bake-off tent. I don't want to hear anything about the food you make. I want I, I want that to be we we can talk about that being pristine and perfect. That's it. The answer is in my own kitchen. Obviously, everything <laughs> is one hundred percent pristine and perfect, and none of the food I serve you has ever touched the floor. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Matthew. <laughs> and, and remembering that my parents were school teachers and head teachers, so we had to buy a lot of cakes from jumble sales that didn't always get eaten, depending on who had made them. <laughs> So yeah, in the, in the tent, I think the tent's an interesting one. I would like to think that Jurgen had told them it had been on the floor before um, they put it in their mouth. It's not like he could have hidden it. No, um, I'd also like to think they clean the tent floors quite regularly, mm -hmm. and it's quite scrupulous. I'd also like to think they don't have the furry green carpet that they had when that Catherine last dropped her bread dough on the floor, and it all got lots of bits of green in it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that, for me, is the difference. This was something that was part, if not almost all, baked, and went on the floor in a sort of five-second rule way, Yeah. compared to... And the other one I think of is Catherine, who 
lived in the next village from me where I grew up. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone's who, called Catherine. Everyone, she she even spelled it your way as well. I think that oh, was yes. the. Um, but she, yeah, she dropped on the floor, which as soon as it went down, picked up half the floor with it. Yes, I think there was a big difference there. Yeah. I don't think you should be given a penalty for dropping things on the floor because people drop things and bash things on their benches all the time. Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't think it makes any difference whether it's on the bench or on the floor. I do think you should probably get a- given a penalty for poisoning the judges. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the- Chigs with your unbaked sausage. Chigs is sausage in the no, middle of his pie? George. Oh, George, yeah. yes. <laughs> I think the penalty was being kicked out, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> no, I... I- I think in this one case, yeah, I can kind of forgive Jurgen because at the same time, if if they'd gone all, you know, if I dropped it, I would have gone five second rule, pick it back up, and probably taken a bite yeah, out yeah. of it. But there are situations where that doesn't apply. So, is there a rule? Should there be a rule? Probably not, because as soon as you set a rule, you have to police the rule, and you have well, to keep. I, one would hope people have sufficient common sense around yeah, health exactly. and safety. Yeah. yeah, and I imagine they are, and certainly over the last few series of it. Very good about sneezing and yeah, coughing, yeah. and if people aren't feeling well, and yeah. yeah. And I would just like to emphasize I genuinely don't serve you food that's been on the floor, honey. <laughs> Whether the cats have half eaten well, it no, first, I serve it, I serve it to the cats now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we also had, a, a, let's do a quick, you know, listener mailbag sort of thing. We had a tweet mm-hmm. from uh, Jan M, JLMO. Who said they they are watching the Canadian Bake Off there in oh, Newfoundland? Then more Bake Off, as in as in come from away. Okay. Um, and Canadian Bake Off hosted by Daniel Levy from Schitt's Creek. Really? Certainly, it was. I think it still is as well. Really? Can yeah. you watch it? But I, I have tried to find it. You just can't get it over here. Uh-huh. And I'm not one for you know VPNs and accessing it in different places, except up until the point Star Trek's now not available. <laughs> Until you get a VPN and do stuff, so that surely is not going to last for maybe maybe Canadian VPNs to mm. watch. Anyway, let's not put this on a recording. <laughs> right, <laughs> edit. Uh, Jay Elmo pointed out that in the Canadian Bake Off, they have their names on their aprons. How very sensible! Can we please introduce that in the UK? I definitely, definitely. Well, certainly in the first weeks. I mean, I'm, I'm clueless in the first week. Yeah. Yeah, so, right. yeah, I mean, I go to meetings where I have name cards. Could we have that on the Bake Off too? Yeah, it's, uh, and I feel a little bit this way having met most of my colleagues in yeah. the role that I've now had this year through Teams and through Zoom where they have a name over them for the entire thing. Now we're starting to go back on campus and I'm meeting them. I miss the well, fact where's that... Where's your floating name? Well, exactly. <laughs> like, it makes a big difference. As someone who's terrible with names and faces. Although, my problem with Zoom has been... Sometimes people have a family account and they don't always change their name. (laughs) Some people have a brownies account. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) That is also my problem with Zoom. Yeah, so this isn't an inside joke. This is because Catherine comes on Zoom calls sometimes as Otter. Yes, and that's great, apart from when it's a work Zoom call. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, I have gone on Zoom calls as Mandy Kay who is, as a lot of people know, my podcast co-host on other podcasts. Excellent. Um, And I have had to explain that in a number of meetings at work. (laughs) (laughs) I can call you Mandy Kay if you like. (laughs) I'm not doing an impression of Mandy. That's not going to go anywhere. Um, 
We also had a tweet from Brittany Ann, who completely disagrees with us. All right. Loves the podcast, completely disagrees with us, because she quite enjoys the uh, hosts and some of the jokes that they make, and the banter that, they, that I think it was in particular reference to Noel's reading of everyone. Okay. I'm glad you like them, and I, I'm delighted. I, I yeah. would, I, I would hate it if it was that there was this universal thing of the hosts are terrible. Can we get rid of them? And they still were there doing this thing that no one really liked. So the fact yeah. that people like like it, and, and, and you know, other people yeah. like us don't, absolutely fine. To be fair, I was actually fairly indifferent to the hosts this week. Yes, it's <laughs> it's really hard because I keep seeing stuff about Matt Lucas. I think he's lost a lot of fans this series. Okay. I think he just keeps making jokes that aren't coming off well. Yeah. Um, about veganism yeah. last week, particularly, right. or, or gluten gluten intolerance. Yeah. Um, and on German Week, I think he did British jokes that didn't go down very well. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 It's hard once you start getting that in your head. You, you start looking for it. Oh. They're not awful. No. They have been worse. No, that's absolutely they, fair. Well, they're not on this show, but they have been worse in in, in the history of hosts. They have been worse. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so, we're on to this week's semi-final. Yes. Four bakers. Yes. All of whom are the bakers who'd won all the star bakers this series. Amazing lineup. And a very, very interesting episode. Yeah, like properly edge of my seat type yeah. episode. Do, do you have any particular thoughts to say up top? Just that um, I never knew watching baking could be quite that thrilling. I mean, I love it. Mm. I've always loved it. Mm. But it was a proper... I, I didn't know who was going out or if anyone was going out until the end. You're you're not the only one to have said... Because you were saying this as we were watching it. Yeah. That it should be four people to the final. Yes. I completely think they should have taken someone out. Yep. Because that's the thing of the competition. Like, it's on the judges to find someone. Not to be generous and say, oh, didn't you all do well? Distinguish I mean, between them. It's taking the easy option to keep all four strong competitors right to the final. Yeah. But I've watched so many seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race that I know this is something <laughs> that can be done. For the first time in Bake Off history. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they would still have to find a distinction between them in the final. Yes, but they wouldn't so, have to deny any one of them the opportunity of getting to fair. the final. That's fair. Because I think that's a big deal. Mm. Being being in the show every week all the way through yes. is almost a bigger deal than being the one that comes out top in the final yeah. three. I, I think being considered a Bake Off finalist is a big thing. Yeah. I have an overarching thought on this episode. Tell me. This might be the best episode of Bake Off there's ever been. I would agree. I, I And I think it's leaning into what I've sort of been saying this series... This might be the best series of Bake Off there's been. Yes. I feel like sort of five, six, seven, back on BBC with the original lineup, I think it really solidified and was really good. And the Bakers were excellent. It was doing the the thing that everyone loves about it, of everyone helping each other out. Yeah. We've lost a bit of that, and obviously we've changed the lineup and different things have changed. Yeah. But but this is exactly what you want from the competition. Yeah. Everyone performing at their best, making it hard to distinguish between them, doing interesting things in the bakes. I think I, I think it helps that it's Patisserie Week. Patisserie mm-hmm. Week is terrific to make. It's terrific to see it being made because it's so precise and exact and difficult and you have to pay attention to it. Doesn't necessarily always taste the best. Patisserie is a very established taste, I think, for some people. So not having to eat it is also good. <laughs> This fascinates me. It's slightly a tangential conversation, but I was thinking making patisserie and the precision that that needs, Mm -hmm. 100% not my bag. Mm. 
100% not my bag. Yeah. I like eating it. <laughs> but I was going to ask you, like, how do you feel about bakes that require, uh, like in the doing of bakes, how do you feel about these sorts of bakes that require that level of, let's get my ruler out and yeah. have everything in sharp lines and have everything <laughs> evenly delineated. Yeah, we- Does that call to your soul, Matthew? Absolutely. When I think back of the bakes that we've done for this, it is the slices and the piping in and making the layers or making something delicate and additions on the side. And that's why when they did the um, sable verton, I, I was all over. I was like, yes, I want to make that. That looks like the sort of thing I want to make. Not necessarily the sort of thing I want to eat, but I want to be able to put that sort of thing together and do it and make it look good we're so different <laughs> and great that's why we work why you know because i'm like no nah, i want to make a loaf of bread i just need it a bit <laughs> wang it in a tin and stick it in the oven done i'm all about the taste i'm, I'm significantly d- very very disinterested in making something where i have to measure slices out with great precision yeah and, and i also think uh, talking almost in those terms, having patisserie week as the semi-final week is really good. Agree. Because you've got these great bakers, two of whom are exceptionally good at precision, Giuseppe and yes. Jürgen. So it leans into their strengths as well. Two of whom are really good with flavours and combinations yeah. in Chigs and Christelle. I think this was the perfect week for this set of bakers to have gotten to yeah. this point. And I think everyone lived up to it. No one had a bad week, which meant the judges had to work hard, which meant that presumably the editors and people who put it together had to work hard to make Mm. sure we could see that distinction. Yeah. I feel like with Chiggs, we've watched him come on some kind of intensive baking skills accelerator course. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying he was bad on week one. He wasn't. No, he was really good. But but the level of precision that he was able to execute his... um, his slices or whatever they were. The raspberry slices. Yeah, mm. in, the, in the round one. Yeah. I'm like, they were beautiful. Yeah. And clearly playing into his strengths, what he's good at in it anyway. Yeah. Um, But y- using it in a really good way. Yeah, I, I love this episode. This is great. Yeah, so yeah. this is going to be a little bit of a gush that, that we're going to rave about this as we go. But let's start off with those slices. Yeah. Where everyone had to make eight patisserie style layered slices. Okay. Fair enough. That's why I couldn't remember the posh name. There wasn't <laughs> one. There wasn't a posh name. <laughs> As we have said on pretty much every other week, I really get challenged to put your own spin, do your own flavours, yeah, do your own yeah. design and styles. And I think all of them this season, I mean many seasons, but this season in particular, they've been really good sort of blank canvas challenges mm. in the signature. Mm. So which of the flavours called to you the most? I think I think the tiramisu was the, the the really smart way to go. I think that's probably the sort of way I would have gone. Possibly an opera cake because when they talked about it, when they outlined the challenge, I did think, oh, opera cake. Yeah, that's exactly what this sort of thing is. Um, so it's obviously those two call to my flavors. But I love that Christelle went above and beyond and went yeah. like nine flavors in no, nine layers and interesting flavors. Yes, and and it's that sort of thing that made it easy to go, yes, she should be Star Baker. Because mm. by and large, they did all the same all the way through. Obviously, Jürgen will, will talk about slightly separately. But hers and Chig's and Giuseppe's, they got a handshake because they were perfectly done, really tasty, really good. But she'd actually, she she had high risk, high reward. Yeah. yeah, yeah whereas yeah. the others had layers and flavours that complemented each other. Yes, I would say hers didn't look quite as crisp oh, okay. as Chig's. Chig's were like... So spot on. No, that's absolutely fair. I think the sesame in hers made it look a little messier, perhaps. But 
to do that many layers that you could see the yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really I, I would like it. to try hers mm. absolutely do you think it was a travesty and that Jürgen was robbed of his handshake no. in that first round no I, and we don't know what order they were seen in anyway yes so you never know whether was Jürgen seen last was he seen first yeah. they probably do it in that order mm. but it does make it easier that they saw him and then they saw everyone else and gave them a handshake it wasn't that Paul had to make the decision, do I give a handshake here or not, knowing I've given three others? Yes. Yeah. From yeah. the way it's presented. Absolutely. So, no, I... I you know, and also, I, he put beetroot in a cake. <laughs> beetroot is not a, the most flavoursome thing at the best of times, to be fair. I hate beetroot. <laughs> I, I quite like beetroot, but... Um, but normally with beetroot, you're pairing it with a vinaigrette, you're pickling it, you're doing something yeah. that, that gives it a strong flavour. Mm. Yeah. Um. So no, I don't. I don't have a problem with him not getting the handshake because the handshake is a, is a very amorphous thing. What you're getting it for, and it's also a little bit of a Paul ego thing, well, isn't it? Well, <laughs> Prue doesn't get to give the handshake. No, Paul gives the handshake. Yeah, yeah. And and they did talk about how you know Prue would have given a handshake because for her it was. This is why so... I was thinking: is it was it is it a travesty? Because clearly Prue really rated what Jurgen had done yeah. in that round as well. Mm. Trav- but, travesty might be a bit of a strong yeah yeah word. do you think it was a travesty i i think i think it's interesting because i think it's um for me it shows that the perception of the importance of the judges is very skewed towards paul like we all remember right, okay. that three of them mm-hmm. got handshakes from paul mm-hmm. but actually looking at it carefully and listening to the words prue rated jürgen's mm-hmm. bake really quite highly yeah I mean, I don't know because we're not given the opportunity to get that sense. No. Whether she rated it as the others as higher, mm-hmm. um, but we know from the handshakes how Paul rated them. Yeah, that's very that's very fair. Actually, Prue generally gives the same sort of feedback to everyone anyway. Yeah. Um. Or we or that's what we see her giving. Yeah. I think it also comes down to he did an opera cake. Yeah. You know, with with you know, obviously his own take on it, and and as a, a layer cake rather than the whole tart effectively yeah um but hmm. interesting. Mm, it was it was very interesting and you know great to again start off f1 succeeding we then move into the sable breton um does it have a longer name oh no it's just sable breton tart because it turns out sable breton is just a biscuit right probably then basically made it cook a bake it as a big biscuit with a jam layer a pistachio cream layer and then fruit mm-hmm. and then meringue and then gold leaf on the meringue and then a make your lily, glaze make your the lily, top. and then gild your lily. <sighs> yeah, it's I'm too glad much. you made it's it. Too much, man. <laughs> I wouldn't have <laughs> like. I'll make the biscuit. Done. <laughs> and the biscuit, really nice. It's actually, good, right? I'm really pleased to have done that. I'm pleased because it used fleur de sel, mm-hmm. which I've not used in baking before. Obviously, we use it for putting on the top of things and making things nice and posh, restaurant styley salt. Making things salty. <laughs> but you know, it's it is that something you get in a nice high yeah. higher end, or you get it on top of thick chips to make it stand yeah. out. This kind of thing. Um, it was really interesting baking with it because it's given it a salt flavour without the sort of slightly. I'm going to say acidic, vinegary, that sort of it, sharpness it, that you it, get with salt. It's kind of a slightly more mellow salt, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think it's, I, I think it's lovely. So I made an executive decision to mix it up because the pistachio thing, we didn't have any pistachio oil, so I tried some olive oil instead. We didn't have any pistachio extract. 
So I wasn't sure what extract to use instead because you had to make a paste and fold the paste in. <laughs> what? I'm just like <laughs> we made so many so, making so many substitutions. It's completely different. <laughs> well, exactly. It was just grind up pistachios with pistachio oil and then add pistachio extract. <laughs> like, <laughs> to be fair, pistachios don't have the strongest flavour when you grind yeah. them up, which is why I was well. If I'm not using pistachio extract. It's just not going to taste a different pistachios. Way. It? Exactly. So, so I decided to forego the pistachio thing um, and made the creme mousseline with uh, raspberry extract because obviously it had strawberries and raspberry jam and so on going on with it. Nice. Um, I tried to make the raspberry jam. It came out harder than it should have done. I think I think there's something in our finesse of making jam that because you struggled with it on the biscuits that you did so yeah, yeah it never got to the right temperature so i just sort of bubbled it away a bit longer yeah. and then went oh, it's all right now i think that's something we need to figure out in the making of jam whether it's because we're making it in small quantities we yeah. need to adapt it um so i just got some normal jam put some jam on it <laughs> did the creme vaseline which i possibly made a little bit too hard uh, i think i think when i added it back to the pan to boil it as a custard mm. um i maybe cooked it a bit too long there so it it firmed up a bit more than it should have done maybe but adding the butter to it was okay, and yeah. and and it, it's sitting nicely on top of the biscuit, which yeah. is a big thing for Prue in the judging. Yes, because was it Chiggs's who was a bit runny down the side? His, his was very runny with it. Mine yeah. wasn't runny. It almost was too set at that point. It's a very buttery buttercream, which I don't tend to go to. Um, and then with some nice strawberries on top, mm. it's not terrible. But as with all patisserie, it doesn't have the punchy flavour of different things going on with it. It's about textures, delicate flavours, yeah. and. <laughs> Not my bag. Fair enough. You just want to make them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like you I really make them and feed them. To I like them. that constructing and uh, and delicate precision of it. If it then had a, oh, one layer is chocolate, one is fudge, and one is cream or something, then maybe I'd be into it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because <laughs> it did also leave us with a lot of egg whites. Which has the result that the magically overnight by the magic Matthew fairy, they turned into chocolate mousse. There's now many ramekins of chocolate mousse in the fridge. I don't understand why you see this as a problem. We've got so much chocolate mousse gang. <laughs> um, there weren't huge distinctions between what they did. There was that decision of whether to do it as a tart with sides or yeah. as a big biscuit. Which I think was a bit of a cheat because this isn't an established tart. I was about to say, I think if I if if I had a bit of paper in, in front of me with limited instructions mm-hmm. and the title told me it was a tart, mm-hmm. I'd be I'd have done the sides as well. Yeah, and like I don't I don't well unless I, I don't know what the description said, the, but unless the description was was in some way clear or in. Implied what you had to do. I think, I'd have totally given it edges. I think the one way you can take it like that is the fact that it said basically roll it out and then cut a twenty centimeter circle and put it in the tin. Now, obviously, I don't know what theirs said by yes. comparison, but I would imagine there's something about cut out a twenty centimeter circle and bake it. So this is the whole read the exam paper, read it again, and then start answering yeah. the question. Whereas had it been and you need to make sides, it would have been cut out a. 22 centimeter circle yeah. i would imagine something mm. like that but Meh. i don't know what instructions they got and i also feel like so not so prue made this up <laughs> so <laughs> this how isn't the real thing prue exactly <laughs> <laughs> so i'm a bit like i'm not sure how they were supposed to have known 
Except that this is how you make the smaller versions of the biscuits. It's so. a bit like German Week, where it was like, make a showstopper out of many stacks of German loaf cakes. Yeah. And Jürgen's like, it's not this, how we do this. This is not a German this thing. This is not a German <laughs> thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't know what you've done to our cuisine, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. But a good technical. Yeah. You know, lots yeah, of layers, lots of, lots of and, different and skills on show. And appropriately challenging for the semi-final. Absolutely. I really appreciate how they've judged the increase in complexity of the, of the tasks yes. over the season. Jürgen won. Yep. Jürgen knew what it was, somehow. I think he knew what the biscuit was, oh, okay. is, is the point. He knew what, <laughs> he knew what the sable baton was. But the technical doesn't matter. No. And I think I think if you are someone who watches this and think the technical gets taken into account, you might look at this and go, but Jürgen won the technical. He shouldn't be going home. I think it only takes it's only taken into account if everything else is even Stevens. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And, and, and also, at the point you've only got four people... You can top the technical, but you're only three from the bottom. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Mm. Right. So our final challenge was the showstopper. Yep, yep. Which was a themed banquet display with 12 entremets around it. And I think maybe had to be a certain height or some okay. you know, impressive yeah, yeah. construction in the middle. Uh, some interesting choices. Yeah, they're all quite different, weren't mm. they? Um, and do you know, I, I can't remember what Jürgen did. Which might be the point. Jürgen did the Japanese gate. Oh, of course he did. How did I forget that? Is that, is that the... The Rosh- gate from Miyajima. Yes. Where we, we, yeah, we went. Yes. There. Yes. yes. It's, yeah. the, it's the one in the water, isn't it? It is. Yes. We've seen it in the flesh. Yes. And you have yes. to walk all around it. Yes. Yes. Nice to see. Mm. And very reminiscent of what he was doing early on with very precise, bake it, assemble it. Yes. Make sure it all fits together. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. He He did... Engineered biscuits. Yes, absolutely. Oh, beautiful, though. Yes. Although I had forgotten what it was. I don't think the baking was particularly strong on it. Right. I think it didn't stand out mm-hmm. as well as perhaps he might have wanted to, because obviously he did gingerbread. Gingerbread's really dark, and then he tried to paint it red, so it was right. very dark. And my issue is, it's what he did in weeks one and two. So I don't think it shows any progression or any advancement of what he's done. I think he... This is my my sort of reasoning for the person with three showstoppers going home, three star bakers going home. He came in really strong and he stayed there and everyone else has caught him and gone past him. Yes, I can see that. Um, I can also see, I still think it was um, anyone's game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Joe to me. So I think it was very much about that, that day. Yeah. And whether what he did, Met the brief, met the judges' tastes, worked as well as the others. Mm-hmm. Um, for me as well, I think um, I, I think his I, th- I think putting matcha in anything's a mistake. Well, um, but, <laughs> but I think also his palate was just not as beautiful to the eye yeah. as as some of the others' palates in terms of how they presented what they did. Because I think he, yes, it was beautifully constructed, but the colours were not the feast for the eye. That yes. some of the other colours were. Yeah, and the, the entremet, I think, were a bit lacklustre in, yes. in in their sort of reception of them. Yeah. I Okay, can I put it a slightly other way as well? Yeah. We've talked previously about people being kept in where we thought they should have looked at their previous performances yeah. and perhaps deemed that, okay, these people have gone as far as they're going to go, even if someone else has a very bad week. Yep. Okay. I, I feel like there, that logic could be applied to if the person who has three star bakers, who, if the person who's been star baker three times 
has an off week but is still looking very strong compared to the other competitors, which I, you would say Jürgen is. You know, the point is everyone had a good week. Should they not have taken that into consideration? And I think there's a difference between someone having repeat bad weeks or, or you know, surviving because someone else is worse than them yep. and someone who's very strong now not having a good week and surviving. Yeah, I think I, I think of it in... T- I, I, I agree, mm. but I'm not sure that's 100%. But in your disagreement, what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> so I think about it. If, if you're like doing one of those line graphs that you did at school in terms of plotting people's performances and then extrapolated it onwards, mm-hmm. like Christelle and Chiggs would definitely be an upwards line with yeah. potential for going even further upwards. Yeah. And Giuseppe would just be... A consistent yep. no mistake well mm-hmm. almost no mistakes high level line going across the top Jürgen I think would have started slightly above but pretty similar to Giuseppe but actually I think he's dropped the ball a little bit yeah a few more occasions than Giuseppe yeah so I think if we were going on overall performance and potentials for future performance he would still have been out for me okay yeah I, I, I can completely agree with that yeah I think it's it's an interesting conversation, and again, this is why it's such a great episode because there is this conversation about it. Of yes, but he's done so well, and yes, he's done really, really well. But he's not quite had the consistency, and this week, very clearly, and, and I think it is clear, mm. there were other people better than him. Yeah. Everyone bought the Ray game. I think he also has. I think people's perception of Jurgen's excellence is slightly more than the reality. You know how they say when someone starts a job really strongly, yeah. they get the sort of the ready break glow, yeah, yeah, and that yeah. that covers people's perception of their future performance, even though where that's not so excellent. Yep. I think in the eyes of the other competitors as well, everyone thought Jurgen's amazing; he's the one to beat. Yep. Whereas he is amazing, mm-hmm. and he is one to beat, but he is not quite as amazing as everyone perceives him as. Yeah, and and as the person who, because he won the first two weeks, is is the main point, yeah. and then was very strong thereafter as well. He didn't necessarily get the feedback others have gotten. No, you, you get a real sense. Christelle has been trying flavors and combinations yeah, yeah. and bakes and ways of doing things and perfecting it for the show and for her baking in general. Chig's the same, I think. Mm. So they've gotten feedback. They've tried things that haven't necessarily come off, but they've been able to work on it and consider that for, for next time. We obviously don't see all the feedback, yeah. but I would imagine Jürgen doesn't necessarily get a huge amount of, if you did X, Y, Z, you'd do it even yeah. better next time. Yeah, and I think the point this week is that the other ones didn't drop the ball. No. So if any of the other three had not been on their A game in that finale, yep. Jürgen would have justifiably gone through. Yeah. And they'd have gone home. And and looking back over it, Chiggs has never been discussed as one of the worst in the week. Right. And Giuseppe has only been discussed as one of the worst in the week this week. Right. This was the week where they were like, oh, we have to mention two people who could go home. But I yeah, think yeah, yeah. watching it... I felt like, they, and again, this is why it was such a good show. They put it together so you knew what was going to happen. It wasn't a shock when we get, got there, I think. And yeah. if I'm wrong on that, if people were watching this and found it as a shock, let me know. I'm really interested because... I'd have been surprised that that was the outcome before mm-hmm. I saw the episode. Yeah. Because I went into that episode thinking, oh, I'm going to lose one of Christelle and Chiggs. And yes. I'm really sad about that. Agreed. But no, yay. Yay. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it would be fascinating to hear what everyone thinks, whether mm. they think that is the right decision or was the right decision, mm-hmm. whether you think all four should have gone through to the final, a la, a la, a la <laughs> no, RuPaul. No, that's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> but it has happened. 
before. I'm sure there's been an occasion in Bake Off where they've had four of them in the final. Not in the final, I don't think. Maybe not. I am 90% certain not in the final. Right. In in other weeks, yes. And in other weeks, there have been times where either it was too hard to tell yeah. or someone sliced a finger off. Yeah. So yeah. decided it wasn't fair. <laughs> fair enough. So, mm. okay. Before I ask you the question I'm going to ask you, okay. I'm going to ask you another question. Because we, we haven't discussed the entremet very carefully, but I'm going to ask you one question about all the entremet. Which is the one that you would most like to bake, to eat, of the four entremet that they did? Chigs's apple? Mm, I'm not sure any of them. None of them. Not, this they're is, not your bag, are they? this is not my thing. It's, I, I'm not 100% it's something I want to make because this is, this is you know, getting towards the professional level and it's really fiddly and it's really precise and I definitely don't want to eat it. Fair enough. Because it's all delicate flavours and poured sugary syrups over the top and light sponges with lavender or matcha or sesame and... Fair not not my not your bag. No. How about you though? I I, I am really torn huh. because I I loved the vibrant green that Giuseppe mm-hmm. had on his, his. Mm-hmm. and I'd be like, oh, I'd like to cut into that. But actually, the fact that Chigs managed a chocolate layer as well around the that's true. Of his, that's true. That was that very really well done. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. I can't remember what Christelle's entremet had in them. I did like her beautiful, beautiful flowery um, arch though. Let's not. Let's not. <laughs> yeah. So, tip for tip for the final. Who do you think is going to win? Well, this is possibly why why I want to check myself because it's also possibly the first ever time that someone I've tipped to do well early on has made it to the final. Okay. <laughs> and I said this very early on, like when normally we say, "Oh, we really like that," you know, this person or this person. And they go out like week four because <laughs> they have a bad week. And I remember, you know, back when we started watching this, and we were yeah. like. Was it Flora? Really good. Really liked. Yeah. Really liked what she did. And she went out in the semi-final. And yes, are you telling me you don't? They can't go out now. They can't go out. I'd love to see Christelle win it because yeah. I think she does interesting things. I think I think even more than Cheeks, I think she's come on and and learned how to do stuff for it. But the fact we both I think had talked about, we assume Giuseppe and Jurgen are going through. Does that mean we both think it's Giuseppe's? Before this last episode, mm-hmm. I would have said the winner was going to either be Giuseppe or Jürgen. Okay. This last episode, I, I'm like Chiggs is on a traje- trajectory. Yeah. I I like Ch- Chiggs is the winner of my heart. And There's yeah, something Chiggs, about his so attitude. Charming. Yep. And yeah. Mm. He's but got all- he's got the right deference to the judges, which yes. I think go, goes a long way, and wanting to learn and wanting to do well with it, not hamming it up for the camera. Yeah. Um. But also confidence and just ease yeah. with the way he does does it all. But you know, I'd, it. I'd be delighted with any of them. Yeah, this yeah, is, I think this so. This is not a year where I'm like going to be grumpy about any of the winners. <laughs> no, um, I would love to watch Chiggs and Christelle baking show. Yeah, like I, I don't know how that would work, but. I, I think they, they both have really good presences. And, yes. and it's not that we have people with no personalities. Mm. Um, you know, these are people who I know they are going on a TV show and are, are doing well for it, but they're all pleasant to watch. Even Giuseppe yeah. has a great attitude towards it all. And, yes, yeah. lovely, lovely. Mm. 
Huzzah! Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be happy with any of them winning it. Bring on yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, really exciting to see. So do let us know, if you're listening, What? who is your tip? Who do you want to win it? Who do you think is going to win it? Because they could be mm. different questions. Yes. Um, we'll see if there's anything in the final that we could bake. Because I'm not doing pizzas over a fire again. <laughs> Woof. Maybe, maybe there might be an element of something in the final that we can bake. Yes. That's so that you can bake whilst I do more work. <laughs> But let's say it's been a really good se- season series. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see the final, and I think if they pull this off, this will be. Yes, it's all landed now, and it's it's back to being th- really the show solid. it was a few years ago. Absolutely. Yeah, great. Awesome. Right, we'll see you then. Bye.